Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker, Grant Moda in the first segment. How cool is that? How are we doing, folks? Not too shabby. I don't know if everybody, every, for everybody else, I can't attest for everybody else, but I'm, I'm not doing horribly on it's this a, beautiful Wednesday. It's a beautiful day, right, Grant? <laughs> yeah, man, it's, uh, it's pretty hot in the mornings, and it's just going to get even hotter the rest of this week, so we're trying to get through it, guys. We brought a special guest today, my cousin. He actually is showing up. I know you guys can't see it in a w- Russell Westbrook wow. jersey. Send him back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told me he wanted to stir the pot when he came in here. So I want I want to clarify. It's a Russell Westbrook Wizards, Wizards. jersey. Wizards jersey. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, he was very good with the Wizards. Yeah. And, and by the way, he could still be good with the uh, Brooklyn Nets or <laughs> any other team. Any other team. I don't the think Lakers. anybody owns a Lakers West, Russell Westbrook jersey. And if they do, they definitely already sold it or burned it. Man, that's listen. Yeah. I own a respect. UCLA Westbrook jersey, but I won't. I won't touch a little <laughs> one. But you know, good day. Dodgers don't lose, so it's another yeah. good day. They have no. not lost in quite some time. The nine straight. We'll get to that momentarily. Let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with twelve million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. <laughs> According to Chris Haynes, LeBron James sat down with head coach Darvin Ham and general manager Rob Palinka to discuss patience with roster construction and Ham's offensive plan that centers around Anthony Davis as the centerpiece. Will this meeting, guys, give LeBron James more clarity regarding a contract extension, or will he continue to put more pressure on the Lakers to go out and get a Kyrie Irving? He has clarity. When you read stories like this, realize where they came from, realize why they were leaked, realize why they were put out there. Again, there's a halt. No one's making a move. I don't think KD gets moved. He might. He might not. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. He's got four years left on his deal. So now, what does LeBron James have to do? I always take these stories with a grain of salt because, again, the Lakers have no position of power here. So if they if they do have a position of power, you kind of leak those stories, how Ham is really high on Westbrook. Maybe he could contribute. They've had a meeting of the minds. He's all bought in. Listen, I, I would be shocked if Russell Westbrook was a part of this team, Grant, because, listen, the fact of the matter is they, they were in Vegas and LeBron and Russell Westbrook couldn't even, like, shake hands, couldn't even frisk for public <clears throat> perception purposes, pretend like they got along. So I don't think that this happens. Again, you are going to see stories from, and again, I like Chris Haynes, but this is this is very simple. You, you get a text from, you know, 
either Maverick Carter or Rich Paul, and they say, hey, listen, put it out there that we're having a meeting and that we're taking our time. No one's nervous. At the end of the day, Rob Polinka will give up what he has to, and that includes two first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I don't think there's much clarity needed here. I think I think Laker fans and the Lakers front office and the players, especially LeBron, know what they have to do this year. I mean, um, in, in the Chris Haynes article, they described it as an epic failure, which I think all Laker fans and, and Laker players even can, can attest to um, that it was. And the fact that they need to have another meeting to clarify that, I don't think that's what it was about. I think it was about, hey, look, we need to put all of our... I think <laughs> LeBron's kind of taken the, the Les Snead thing and saying F them picks and saying, hey, give up both of them for this guy because things aren't looking good in Brooklyn right now. And KD seemingly isn't going to go back. I mean, all, all signs point to that. And that means Kyrie Irving, I don't think he's going to play by himself over there in Brooklyn. So you got to push those two picks to get him. And, um, you know, I, I read some things about Jovan, Jovan Buha yesterday. He said some things about in, in the Lakers' Twitter space that they are willing to now include those two picks, which I've been saying all along was the right deal to keep LeBron. But, you know, I think Jake was saying it, you know, back when I was saying it, is that it's kind of a package deal. You get Kyrie Irving, you get a LeBron extension because that gives you competitiveness for a long time. And I think that's what they're kind of discussing. It's not about the direction of the team. I think they all know what the direction of the team is. Darvin Ham is one of the guys that needs to lead this team and he needs to set a defensive focus and, and more aggressiveness. And I think it was just a matter of, hey, let's go all in here because I don't have many years of my prime left and neither, neither does AD, judging by his health. And AD, uh, judging by the article, it looks like he's pretty healthy. So I think it was mainly to discuss, hey, we need to go all in here as opposed to what's the direction of the team. Yeah, I know it was a leak on the Lakers' part, but at the same time, I think LeBron wanted this meeting, uh, the second meeting regarding his contract extension, but wanted to speak to everybody about, you know, Rob Palenka's roster patience. You know, they have no shooters really on the team other than Cole Swider is on a two-way contract right now, unless you trust Lonnie Walker to all of a sudden take a leap from beyond the arc, which might happen, may not. Can't rely on that, right? So look, this is, you know, Arash has been saying it the whole time. He was the first one to say it. Rob Palenka will give up more than he should. He'll give up the two first round picks. He'll fold at some point to appease LeBron, to make the Lakers contend. And I'm not going to completely disagree with it. I know I was pretty, um, I had a pretty big stance on saying give up one first round pick and, you know, maybe a protected second round pick. And, I mean, first round pick instead of like two unprotected. But at this point, Arash is right. You bring Westbrook back, this is maybe a 35-win team at most if everything goes right, if Anthony Davis is healthy. Because this is just going to be team chemistry issues. So you got to get rid of him. And if you get Kyrie Irving, I think it's one of those things where Kyrie will only thrive with the Lakers because LeBron has won a title with him, right? This is a guy that has won a title with LeBron. He hasn't won a title with anybody else, so I think he'll thrive. And I also think it takes pressure off of Anthony Davis offensively and LeBron offensively if you do get Kyrie Irving. My biggest question mark is the part in the story where they said Anthony Davis is going to be the centerpiece of the offense. Now, they won in 2020 with the 11th ranked offense in the NBA, so it can be done. But when you are saying Anthony Davis is the centerpiece of your offense, does that mean we're going to slow it down and feed the post every possession? Because that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of taking a step back from the way that basketball has gone. The Sixers kind of still do that with, with Embiid. Giannis does a little bit more playmaking, but what does that mean? Anthony Davis is the center of the offense. Is he going to bring the ball up as well sometimes? Is he going to be given more freedom as, as a playmaker and as a point guard? Because if he is, I really like our MVP bet, first of all, but I don't know if I like that in terms of 
the Lakers offense being the best version of itself. I still think LeBron, I understand why he's doing it because he wants to not put too many miles on his body at age 38, especially in the regular season. But I'm really curious to see how that offense looks with AD. He's been saying that for quite some time. When they made the Thea trade, I think his goal was like he wanted to give him the number 23 or he wanted to give him the a jersey. He, he wanted him to be the guy. So he's been talking about that for quite some time. And you go back to when they won the championship, there was some talk about not LeBron winning most valuable player of the finals. It was Anthony Davis. And so that's why, and again, it's a huge F, and we've talked about this a lot. Like, if he could be that guy again, and it wasn't, again, it was two years ago, so it wasn't like forever ago. If he can be that guy again, this is not just a, you know, nine seed or like an eight seed. This is a contending team. Aren't you guys a little concerned, though, about how clunky and how basically slowed and bogged down the offense gets yeah. when Davis isolates and, like, nobody's moving around him? That's the version of Davis, and then he settles for those mid-range, yeah. like, low low percentage shots. That's my concern when I read that. If he is motivated and sure. if he is playing aggressively like he did 2020, that version of him, I agree. Amazing top five talent, but I'm just worried about the bad shot selection, the laziness, the the settling. That's what I'm what I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought all that up because out of everything yesterday with LeBron's meeting and the Kyrie stuff, like the AD offense running through AD was the one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, because of what you said, we've talked on the show before about these two different versions of Anthony Davis that we've got one year, you know, 2020, where he's aggressive to the rim, trying to get there, um, you know, dunking on people, just being an aggressive force down low. And then the guy that we've seen the last year plus where it's, you know, in the post, turn around, step back, jump shot over a guy who's four inches shorter than him, where it just seems like he's being a little passive, right? And is, is hesitant to get down low and, and figure that out um, around the rim. But if that's the version that we get and the offense is going to run through him that way, then I think it's a good move. But I'm really interested to see how how this goes about. And, and if if it's not working four or five games in, if LeBron kind of, you know, puts his foot down and says, we're going to switch things back up again, um, it'll be really interesting. But in terms of, in terms of Kyrie, you know, I know we talked about Chris Haynes, but according to Chris Haynes, Polinka said in their meeting that he's going to give Polinka's going to give LeBron every resource possible for this team to be competitive and compete for a championship. And if you're going to say that, you can't you can't not go out and make a Kyrie Irving trade. You have to do it because this team is clearly better with Kyrie on it than than trying to figure it out with Westbrook on opening night. And he said that the goal is to have LeBron retire as a Laker. So. Which is huge. And again, I this idea that he's going to go back to Cleveland again. He went back to Cleveland. He won a championship. That's done. Like, if no one in Cleveland is upset with LeBron. He does not need to, to go back there. His home is here. His production company is here. His his What he's doing with his life is here. His family's happy here. He did what he wanted to do in Cleveland. He got closure with Miami. Who, who the hell cares about Miami and South Beach and stuff like that? And Brandon's so excited about making this point. He uh, broke the mic. No, I'm just joking. No, but listen, LeBron, like at this point, doesn't need to prove a thing to anybody. He had the storybook finale in Cleveland. He took that team to the finals basically every single year, won a championship there. That's done. With Miami, he took that team to four finals, won two championships there. And by the way, South Beach, it's a transient town. It's not like he has to <laughs> prove something. With Los Angeles, it's not just the Lakers. It's that this is their home now. This is where and he's, I, I he's just wanted, comfortable. I wanted to add one more thing. I think it's positive, too, that Jake brought up that, oh, what stood out is Anthony Davis being the number one piece of the offense. 
Darvin Ham was the first one on that, you know, Mike Budenholzer team that put Giannis into that situation and made him the offensive star he is along with his defense. So that, I think that's promising. He can probably get the most out of Anthony Davis. I know the injury concerns are there, but I would be really surprised if Anthony Davis doesn't have a similar season to 2020 with Darvin Ham at the helm versus Frank Vogel. I know the injury concerns with AD are real, but if you go back and look at the things that have kept him out for longer periods of time over the last year plus, it's, it's things like stepping back for a board and some guy's ankle happens to be there. It's very fluky things that aren't like wear and tear injuries where he's overdoing something. Like when he came down for the rebound and landed on yeah. his lower back. Like it's just things like that where it's not things I'm concerned about like happening again. It's more like one-off things where it's not like a long, long-term kind of yeah. thing yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, worried yeah. about. But guys, yeah. beyond a trade, okay, so which they can't control. Although, listen, I'm telling you, and I've, and I've said it, Rob Plinko will. Uh, make that deal. By the way, I talked to Rob Lowe and I asked him about the Rob Palinka. <laughs> Genie Bus apparently at one uh, ticket event like did say, "Hey guys, you you gonna talk to Rob and Rob's gonna talk about the Lakers." And then they brought up like Rob Lowe and Rob Lowe said like no one got the joke. But he, he, no. he sees, they look but he, identical. It, My 100%. dad always calls Palinka Rob Lowe. Yeah. It's Rob Lowe. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing: two things, and I want to get your thoughts on this. They have Anthony Davis, and I know it's a big if, but to your point, if he plays like the 2020 version, that's one. Two, they got young players, right? They don't have 10 guys on this team who are in their mid-30s who are no longer going to be in the league. If they are a, let's not say top five, if they're a top 10 defense, and an AD plays like he did two years ago, like, is this not a contending team? No, it definitely is, um, as long as Westbrook's not on the roster, right? I mean, that's the number one thing. you got to get rid of Westbrook. If they just trade for Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris, they're a top top three, four roster in the West already right there. Just, I mean, that, that's the big thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, because, and again, this could totally change if AD gets hurt. I get it. But what I'm saying is, like, even if they don't make a trade, and I think that they will, with AD being his old self, and listen, I think he's tired of hearing the talk. I mean, this is a transcendent talent. This is a guy who was supposed to be the face of the league at one 100%. point. One hundred percent. So if he can pick up where he left off, and if this, if, they, if you get these young guys in, and and they want to play defense, that that's a huge thing. Want to? Gee, you've talked about this. It's it's not really so much about talent. Do you, do it's you, about do you want to yeah. play defense? Yeah. And I think Ham can get these young guys to do that. So I think there'll, there'll, there'll be an improved defense. And again, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship, but this idea that they're the 9 seed or 10 seed, I think is ridiculous. I agree with the philosophy and mentality of effort and that being the key. My question is, when you look at a team like Golden State, Steph Curry, who currently on the Lakers roster is guarding a guy like a Steph? You're going to meet him. You're going to meet oh, but like, Jamal Who Curry. in the league is in that Well, category. I think each of the contending teams has, has a Marcus a, Smart, has yeah. somebody. I don't know who that is. Is it Austin Kendrick Reeves? Nunn? Is it Kendrick Nunn? Yeah, I mean, it could be. But I mean, again, when you say who can stop or who's going to defend Steph Curry, well, Steph gonna Curry's going to kick it off. Curry's going to get his. I mean, I'm not like you're going to put someone on Curry. They're going to do the best job that they can. And I'm, and I'm not being facetious. But like at the yeah. end of the day, Curry will get his. I just don't think they have the personnel. I, yeah. he- I hear you that he's going to get his. But like the best teams still have guys to match up in that sure. and, the, and the Lakers who was guarding wait wait who's guarding I mean if you if you think the Mavericks and Grizzlies are competing who's guarding Curry on those teams Bullock and Finney Smith 
I think that those Vinny teams Smith's have a bit big to be guarding Curry. Well, they put Bullock on him a lot, and I think that they have. So why can't Lonnie Walker then guard Curry? In theory, they have guys that are going to get the opportunity to guard him. Yeah. I just don't think that those guys have the proven I, you track know, I'm, record. I'm with Arash here. I'm usually pessimistic about the Lakers, but Darvin Ham is such a great defensive mind that he should get the most out of these young guys and develop them into really high-end defenders. That's Lon- the opportune word. It should, though. He yeah, should. Yeah. No, because Lonnie Walker, you know, he's a great on-ball defender, bad off-ball defender. And what that is, is just that system. And I think Ham's going to do a great job developing these guys and prioritizing defense. The whole thing last year with the Lakers was guys like Avery Bradley came on the team with the notion that this guy, and again, different coaching staff, I get it, but those guys never panned out. Now you're putting together a roster which I think has the same flaws, and then that's not even mentioning like if you meet a Denver, is Davis going to be able to guard a Jokic? Stuff like that. I, I just think that they don't match up well. But again, I thought the same thing in 2020, and they proved <laughs> me to look like an idiot. So, yeah. and again, in 2020, you got to remember. I mean, they 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 put that team together because they thought they really truly thought they were going to get Kawhi. So when they didn't get Kawhi, they had to kind of piecemeal that team together with guys on like really like role players and things like that. So. The idea that 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 they can't build around again, like if they're healthy, two of the top ten players in the league, perhaps two of the top five if they're playing where they should. Again, they're not the Warriors. I'm not saying that they're, they're the Warriors, but I, I think that they're in the conversation for, for for being a contending team. I mean, the difference I think between this upcoming year in 2020 or something the 2020 team did that I mean it's very easy for us to say is this team is just a buy-in. I mean, to what Darvin Ham's preaching, to what whatever they're saying. I mean, we've talked about it before, whether it's been teams in the MLB or the NHL or the NBA, whatever. Teams that buy into a common goal, that like each other, that enjoy being around each other, even if they're not the most talented teams, often have the most success. So whether it's Lonnie Walker buying into you know being a defensive just guy and whatever it is, these guys have to accept their roles. And we've talked about it before. Whether it's, you know, Russell Westbrook being this this corner three guy they're talking about or coming off the bench, he's not going to accept whatever role they're putting in front of him. And I think that's the issue with him being on the roster is every single guy, one through 15, needs to buy into what Darvin Ham's preaching. I have one. I, I completely agree with you, Jake. I also think that that team had Caruso, KCP, Danny Green that could guard the perimeter. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if this these guys, I guess we're going to have to. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can. But, you know, we can as I mean, we can talk about a million different things. None of it matters until these guys step on the floor and play yeah. the games. And, and that's really when we're going to see what this team can do. Yeah, absolutely. Moving forward to Dodger baseball for the last two minutes. Max Muncy hit another home run last night. And Cody Bellinger yet again had a crucial extra base hit in the W that the Dodgers got last night. Um, is it over for the league if Bellinger and Muncy continue to hit like this, guys? So, Brandon, I was thinking of you, your boy Max Muncy. He's at it again. Listen, I mean, at the end of the day, and you guys don't agree with me, because, but listen, they're, they're the, uh, a top four team. This idea that the Mets and the Dodgers, by the way, historic league championship series we could be getting. Houston and the New York Yankees, New York Mets, Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't want a Subway Series, please. I'm not a Subway Series. The one thing that I wanted the Dodgers and the Yankees. What about the Dodgers? What about Max Muncy? 
Yeah, um, before, I know Grant has some thoughts on this real quick too, but I, I just think, yeah, I mean, if Bellinger and Muncie are hitting, then all the pitching has to do is be like just a little bit above average, right? They'll be able to compete with anybody. Uh, they're 31 and five since the start of July, right? I mean, they can't be beat right now. Yes, I have question marks about whether Anderson and Gonsolin, you know, are, are the guys you can rely on in the playoffs and whether May, Kershaw, and Bueller will come back healthy enough. But they're hitting. There's there's not a better lineup in the league. There's no denying that, especially if Muncie and Bellinger are hitting. So they should have a good shot at the series. Grant, we got 60 seconds. Your thoughts on your team right now? Yeah, uh, you know, Bellinger and Muncie getting hot. And, you know, Joey Gallo's got a few hits here, which is a miracle. Um, I think that's, that's still pretty frightening for a lot of the teams in the league. And I was mentioning in the last show that, um, you know, the Padres and the Mets are, are up there. The Padres have looked absolutely terrible. They had a walk-off last night, but... You know, Bellinger and Muncie getting hot spells a lot of frightening things for the rest of the league. And like, like Brandon said, all you have to have is slightly above average pitching if everyone in the lineup is contributing. So um, with that being said, yeah, I, I would like to see a, a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, like you said, Arash. That would be amazing. But yeah, those two at the bottom, of, if the bottom of the lineup is contributing, that spells a lot of frightening things for the rest of the league. Exactly. I mean, it, this is, listen, I was so happy when the Dodgers won in 2020 but like in a 60 game season in the bubble no fans for the most part i mean they they really do want this world series they want that parade they want a championship we got a long way to go but i mean this team's looking amazing right now winning the nine straight 31 to the last 35 i think so all right let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend the miz when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions in Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is. WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, how are you? Good, Arash. How are you doing this morning? Jimmy, you look fantastic. I saw you in Nashville for SummerSlam. You are still at it, still doing your thing. What is it about the new generation? Again, we have some younger fans out there tuning in. We got some older fans out there. Tell me about this new generation of stars. What? Why, why do you think... That, that, that the future of the company um, is in great hands? Well, because, you know, nothing lasts forever, right? And what's old is new again and what's new is old again. So 
we've got all this up and coming young talent coming in now. And of course they trained in Orlando, Florida, the NXT place that, uh, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels put together. So uh, we're just, we got the cream of the crop, man. And by the way, WWE is having a big uh, party at SoFi Stadium. And the beautiful thing is it is free for the fans out there. And not only is WWE Superstar is going to be there, Snoop Dogg is going to be there. So any party that Snoop Dogg is at, you got to be at. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I have to tell you about my first moment of WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania 9, Jimmy. It was outdoors. It was Caesars Palace. It was Las Vegas. This was before they had pro football and stuff like that in the beautiful Allegiant Stadium. Jimmy, your memories of uh, of that one because again i was a hulkamaniac it's like so many kids did not expect the night to end with hulk hogan holding the championship after defeating yokozuna what do you remember about that first outdoor it, it was in las vegas what what do you recall about that that, that one well if you said wrestlemania 9 i thought that was the one where i managed talk and brutus against ted dibiase and erwin r that's right that's right yeah so i had my uh I had a plan because I knew I used to manage Ted DiBiase and Irwin Arsitia. So I made sure I said, you know what, I'm going to do the inside of my jacket like a referee shirt just in case something That's happens right. to the referee because Ted and them were always used to knocking the referees out. So, buddy, when he knocked the referee out, I turned my jacket inside out. All of a sudden, I made myself a special referee. And so we won the match, held the championship titles up, even though they're taken away from us later on. But what a good night that was, huh? Jimmy, your, your thoughts on all of these manias now, like over the past, I don't know how many years, are in big football stadiums. It's now a two-night affair. Uh, you know, 60,000, 70,000 fans go there. What, do, does something change for you? Again, you are like always on. You, you, you're, you're so great. But when you're in front of 70,000 fans, tell me what changes. Well, don't forget, I was from about 93,000 fans right. at WrestleMania 3 in the Silverdome. You know, I had three big matches there. But, uh, you know, it's just something that's so special. But, you know, even Madison Square Garden, when it's sold out, I don't care who you're in front of. It's just it's just something once you go through those curtains or through the doors out into that arena and you see all the fans that have been watching all these years, you feel the love for them. And, and we try to give back the love, no matter if they hate you, boo you, cheer you, or whatever else. Uh, it's just something special about it. But uh, especially now, wrestling is so big now for us that we go to the stadiums now and two big days, not just one. So it's just great to have, have the loyalty of the fans all these years. And again, for fans, if you have not gone to SoFi Stadium, if you want to get a ticket for WrestleMania Thursday, big, big WrestleMania launch party, totally free. If you haven't gone, Snoop Dogg's going to be there. Fluffy's going to be there. WWE superstars are going to be there. They're, they're going to have a ring there. Uh, Jimmy, talk about how much the event has changed and evolved over the years from the first one the, back in New York to the second one when they had it in Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York uh, to three, as you mentioned, Pontiac. How the event has grown? Well, social media has been a major part of that because, you know, before we'd go – like yesterday, uh, Adam and I, we were in uh, Sacramento. Then we we're in uh, uh, San Diego today, then Los Angeles tomorrow. And we've got different crews going all over the country now. We're now with social media. You can almost stay in one place and, and do all the social media, and it really gets out to each and everybody. That's how it's changed a lot. But I think the talent's changed so much, too, because now we've got guys that are quicker, faster. Uh, just they could talk. They could do so many different things. They're so colorful now. And uh, I think that's helped a lot, too. 
And plus, like I said before, we just got so many great things going. I want to mention, too, the tickets go on sale this Friday at Ticketmaster.com at 10 a.m. So for those who can't make it uh, tomorrow to the uh, to the big outdoor event, because I think it's at capacity already just to make sure. So you better call before you go. But you can go to Ticketmaster at 10 a.m. tomorrow, I mean, on Friday, and make sure you get a chance to be at, at these two unbelievable shows on April the 1st and April the 2nd at SoFi Stadium. Mr. Hart, um, this is G. Hey Wiley, Arash's producer. Um, it is such a blessing to have you on here. Um, you remind me of my youth uh, because you've managed legends. And when I mean legends, I mean Hulk, all the way from Hulk Hogan all the way to the Hockey Talk Man. I mean, I just, I, it gives me kind of shivers up my spine to think how many people you have managed throughout your career. Um, I wondered who was the most difficult and who was the best? Well, I'm not just playing it down the middle, but I'm being truthful. Everybody that I was able to go to the ring with helped me make a living. So I really adapted to whatever style they had, whatever their needs were. I tried to make sure they were comfortable and they were happy each and every day and each night. But nobody was really a stress to me. I, we all got along so great, you know, because I might be in one town where I've got the Honky Tonk Man, Hulk Hogan, and the Nasty Boys. The next night I might have the Rujo Brothers, Earthquake and Typhoon, and Dino Bravo. So I just made sure that whoever I was with, I always made sure that I never gave anybody special attention other than the other one because I'd have my different jackets that were made for everybody. You know, if it was the Nasty Boys, I had their face on one. The Rujo Brothers, the four of these jackets, Hulkamania jackets. Mm -hmm. the heart foundation with the pink and black so i just made sure that i made sure everybody i'm just kind of like a client for uh the rock and roll stars or client for movie stars you know i just went that extra mile for all the guys so all of them were great to me so jimmy what what was your favorite being a face or being a heel because you've done both and again people love to see you now but back in the day when we were younger you know you'd kind of Go at the crowd. Did you enjoy that? What did you like more? Well, if I was doing it now, I'd really prefer to be the babyface, and I'll tell you why, because you got to be careful what you say in and out of the ring now. You know, so yeah. I'd make sure I could say a lot of the stuff that we were able to get back with years ago. Not that any of it was bad anyhow, but still, you know, people can take an offense to anything anymore, you know, if you sneeze somewhere. Oh, my God, you gave me COVID. Oh my, you know, so... I'm just very careful what I say, what I do, but uh, I think being the ultimate good guy now would be the best thing for me. If you could go out and do radio shows like yours and talk about the past. You know, somebody asked me today on one of the shows about who I'd like to manage now. And I said, you know, there's a guy named Terry who's great. Dominic Mysterio is great. And I just said, because back in the day when you'd watch Muhammad Ali, his manager, or Mike Tyson, their managers were a lot older. And I said, it's, it's kind of hip to have an older manager now because you know, aging experience is supposed to overcome youth and enthusiasm. So if that was the case for me, I'd be a genius, you know, with my age. So, uh, <laughs> But other than that, but everything's been great. I've been such a great run doing the music, doing the wrestling, and being able to see you guys when you were at SummerSlam, which turned out to be great, didn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, and as Jimmy mentioned, Friday, the tickets go on sale. And it's not just one day, folks. WrestleMania is now a two-day event. It'll be April 1st. It'll be April 2nd. It'll be around before you know it. And the beautiful thing about this 
Jimmy, as you know, fans from around the country, around the world. The, the world is really what makes this such a fun event. When you get those fans from London and from Europe and from all over the world who descend upon uh, Los Angeles. Jimmy, what was the moment for you? And again, this has been happening for a long time. When you went to another country and you were amazed that they knew you, they knew Jimmy Hart. And again, you can go down the list of every country. I mean, when did it hit you? Like, did, like I'm not just big in the u.s this is a global phenomenon well you know our first trip to london our first trip after wrestlemania to germany the same thing to uh, to all the countries over there as soon as we got off the plane i mean there was huge photographers the fans were at the hotel all the everything was a sellout back then so we knew then oh my gosh we've really gone big time now and it's the same way now when the guys go overseas now the same thing happens after all of these years it's just so strong this this logo, this WWE logo is so strong worldwide, still going strong. You know, I got to say something too. Don't forget, it's a whole week at WrestleMania because we have Raw on Monday night, SmackDown on Friday night there. And don't forget the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame will be taking place while that's going on too, and Fan Access. But those tickets could be at, uh, at um, uh, 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 Crypto.com that's Arena. Right. I'm just going to have them. Had a brain part just in, but uh, that's got to be. T- it changed the name of these arenas By the way, Jimmy, so much. You you're know? not alone. We have a hard time saying Crypto.com Arena. I mean, it was Staples Center forever. The Lakers won their championships there. The Kings won the Stanley Cup there. So I have a hard time. Like I almost refuse to say Crypto.com Arena because it's Staples Center. But we know what you mean. Downtown will really be the center of the week, as you mentioned. It'll be Raw. It'll be SmackDown. It'll be the Hall of Fame. Fan access, that's the beauty of it. I mean, fans don't really have to get a ticket to the event. They can just go there. And then don't forget the fan access will be at the Los Angeles Convention Center. So there's just so many great things to do. You know, people come from all over the world. They come to get married. They come to have parties. They come to just, it's just just so special to see everybody. Especially this year, our motto is WrestleMania goes Hollywood. I so, you know, it. there's going to be a lot of Hollywood stars that grew up watching everybody. So it's going to be great. Jimmy, how hard is it for you to pack for a long road trip like that? Because you're the beauty of you. You have a very distinctive look. You will never walk into a party and you, someone's wearing exactly what Jimmy Hart is wearing. All the jackets, the megaphones. Jimmy, for a week-long event, how hard is that to pack for you? Well, very carefully because <laughs> I've got to make sure I don't have too many bags. With me, but I like to bring three or four different jackets. Of course, the megaphone's got to go with me, of course. And so it takes a little while. And, of course, my hair products, uh, Freeze and Shine by Paul Mitchell. You know, i got to keep the hair looking like it is. So I have to wear, wear a ton of that over to make sure Jimmy Hart looks the same. But, like I said, it's just a, it's such a thrill each and every year to still be part of this. And being part of WrestleMania number one and, uh, you know, number two, number three, and, and the Summer Slams and the Royal Rumbles. And just, uh, you know, sometimes I pinch myself and go, did I really get paid for doing this all these years? Oh, I mean, I mean, but 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 it's our childhood. I mean, so beautiful. I mean, Jimmy, the, the beauty of that time period when I grew up was the managers were so great, and you were at the top of my list. But you talk about Jimmy Hart, B- Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mister Fuji, Slick, and you go down the list. What makes a great a great um, um, manager? You know, there's Paul Heyman now. There's not that many, Jimmy. What makes a great one? Well, first of all, Paul's great. I love Paul. Oh, yeah. I watch him every every week, and the way he paints the picture and puts his men over, and he just does such a great job. I love him. But uh, you know what? I think you just gotta gotta have that feel. You gotta have that thing. What helped me too? I came from a showmanship type thing, anyhow, because I came from the music business, and 
don't forget when we toured out of high school with the Beach Boys and Steppenwolf and the Grassroots and Sonny and Cher, and we did Hullabaloo Shindig, where the action is an American bandstand, and uh, Dick Clark. And so when we did that, a lot of that I had learned what to say and what to do back then, too. And and uh, and that really helped me out a lot. Um, uh, Mr. Hart, you, you mentioned the... Um, the showmanship and everything. And I mean, nobody does showmanship like you do with those jackets. And speaking of those jackets, I got, I have to know, I have to know who or where do you get the, all those jackets from? Are they specially branded? Like, do you have anybody specific who makes them for you? Well, you know what I do? I go to my, I have a friend that has a tuxedo shop uh, in Tampa. Now it used to be in Memphis and I find them and I already get the jackets. And then I have my seamstress uh, who works for WWE um, Jolene, she takes them and she puts the hearts on if I want hearts or musical notes and makes the colors I want and the heart foundation back in the day and nasty boys. And then I put a little artwork with it. So I'm able to kind of create it myself through her and she does such a great job on them. And uh, she makes other people's outfits too. But uh, I just I make sure I'm sure we've got it all worked out where we're very colorful. Our last few minutes with the mouth of the South himself, Jimmy Hart. And a reminder, Friday, tickets go on sale for WrestleMania. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Again, it's a, it's a two-night affair. So, listen, if you, if you can't go Saturday, go Sunday. If you can't go Sunday, go Saturday. Jimmy, people may know this, but my favorite thing is some of my most favorite themes in WWE history came from you. Do you have a favorite song? I mean, you go down the list of some of the more popular song in the history of the company. You were a part of it. Well, the one that's got the most hits on Spotify right now, and I just saw that the other day on Spotify, it was Shawn Michaels' Sex Boy has right. 10 million, 200,000 hits on it. I can't even believe that. But I love the Rougeau Brothers. Remember the word? <laughs> we don't like heavy metal. We don't like rock and roll. All we like to listen to is battery battle low. Hey! You know? <laughs> They were all American boys. They carried the flags out being from Canada. What a lot of heat they got. But Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man song. Um, the Wolfpack by Nash and Hall. We remember right. that, me and my partner. And, uh, I mean, Hulk's American Made. I mean, just so many of them that we were able to do back in the day. And and uh, it, we just had so much fun doing everything. And so I'm living my dream. I, got to, I love wrestling, so I got to be a wrestling manager. And I love music, so I got to still participate on putting some of the songs together. Jimmy, you were so uh, big in developing young talent as well. When they had Thunder on Thursday night, you were really big on, you know, again, guys who did not get the chance. What did you love about that? Again, working with young talent. Well, I remember one time Diamond Dallas Page came to me when I was at WCW and said, Jimmy, they're fixing to do a budget because they're fixing to get rid of some of the younger talent we've got. So I came up with an idea called Three Count. And the Young Dragon. So I had a program with all six of those guys putting their shows together. And a lot of them still out there wrestling now. So I had fun doing that, creating the music, creating the videos. And so, you know, they gave me a chance to do it. You know, Eric Bishop gave me a great chance. He gave me a chance to uh, do the Saturday night show for about six months. And I was able to do that. And he let me create some younger talent, let me take some of the older stars and mix them all in. And that's when Booker T and, and Stevie Ray really worked for me a lot over there doing that. They never turned me down when they were still busy on Nitro and, and um, some of the other, and Thunder. So they would never turn me down doing that, and I've always been grateful for those two guys jumping in there and, and being a part of that. Because I've always believed, if you kind of mix everything up, have a little old school and new school, uh, then, then you've got a home run. 
Hey, Jimmy, the Hall of Fame is such a, a, a important part of that week. We'll find out as we get closer to the date who will be in that Hall of Fame. You were inducted in 2005 here in Los Angeles the last time we hosted this amazing event. And it was one of, I think, not one of, it was the best class. It was Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton, Jimmy Hart himself, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, my man, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. What do you remember about that night? Well, I remember, I've never really got nervous over a lot of stuff, but I didn't want to uh, read a teleprompter or anything, so I made sure that I got to view from my heart. I didn't want to make it too long and too boring, but I had a really chance to thank a lot of the younger talent that was in the audience that night that I was able to use um, on, uh, on the three-night show for WCW. I got to mention Chris Jericho, uh, Ray Mysterio, uh, just to mention a few, Dean Malenko, because all those guys really came over and participated when they really didn't have to because they were on the, the major shows. But I was on that 605, uh, you know, reunion show every Saturday for, um, uh, you know, for, for Turner back in the day. So I got to mention all the guys that really helped. And I remembered every one of the guys, all my wrestlers, who really helped me uh, put my heart character together and go to the ring with them. So it really worked great. No, it was, it was just such an amazing night. And, and just to kind of see the culmination, this was kind of like at the beginning of the um, um, Hall of Fame. So, I mean, it was, it was one of those great classes. And hopefully, Jimmy, we've been watching that collectible show and things like that. We want at some point to have a physical brick-and-mortar Hall of Fame so we can go there to see the megaphone, to see the jacket. Maybe there's one jacket that we, we can try on. I mean, do you think at some point, hopefully in not too distant future, there is a physical Hall of Fame? Well, you know what? Hopefully it'll be in Orlando, Florida, yes. because more, a lot of tourists go to Orlando, maybe at Universal or Disney. And I'm sure Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H are probably in the back of their mind of working on something like that right now. And so I'm really excited and hopefully they will. But I got a lot of jackets and megaphones to put in there, baby. <laughs> I love it. Jimmy, last question. Tell, tell, tell the fans out there what an exciting time this is for Los Angeles. WWE fans, there's an event tomorrow. Like as Jimmy said, before you go out there, make sure that they have tickets. It's free, but make sure there's a spot. But if not, Friday, right, Jimmy? Tickets go on sale for WrestleMania. Well, Better and better than ever. You know, April the 1st, April the 2nd, or 23. SoFi Stadium tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 p.m. So make sure you join in. And it'll be a great week. Check out Crypto.com uh, for WrestleMania week. And it's going to be just great. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having us on, baby. Thank, thank you so much, Jimmy. I'll talk to you soon. You're the best, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The mouth of the South himself, Jimmy Hart. I mean, just like an all-time legend. Um, just so thankful that he was able to come on. I mean, gee, I mean, the younger kids don't remember him. I mean, but, but the mouth of the South, I mean, like you said, Hulk Hogan, Brett the Hitman, Hart the Hart Foundation. That I mean, was my, goes on and on. my favorite gimmick because that was like the real names, but it was Brett the Hitman, Hart, Jim the Anvil, Night Hart, managed by Jimmy Hart. I mean, what, a, what an amazing time to grow up. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because people, like, obviously misinterpret that they were related, but they're, no, exactly. they're no relation, guys, no, no, no relation. No, no relation. No but. relation, but yeah, what a, what a showman, by the way, and oh, he just, he he's keeps always it, on. yeah, always, it's great, I love it, I love it, I, it's that, what a pleasure to meet that guy, yeah. too, like, 
He is the best. Amazing. So we'll, we'll definitely be out there. It's next year. It's April 1st. It's April 2nd, 2023. So if I WrestleMania returns to Los Angeles, well, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.